Welcome into the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com for Saturday, February 19th at the fairgrounds. Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Jim, this is a really nice card, full of stakes races. Uh, it's the the prelude to their big Louisiana Derby Day in a month. And uh, the, the you have big fields here. Some uh, This could be a nice pick four if you can hit it. Uh, that last phrase is the key element there. This can be hard. Uh, let's jump into the 10th race, the grade three mine shaft. Four-year-olds and up at a mile and a 16th. You were telling me before we got started, this is uh, your biggest conundrum of these four races we're looking at. I thought this race was just loaded. Uh, I mean, for a, a grade three, it's a $350,000 race, so it's nothing to sneeze at. But, I mean, it's it's got a lot of really nice horses in here. So I, I had a harder time with this one than I had any of the other races. Uh, I think this is a great car down there. I wish I was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras and this card, it'd be a great time to be in New Orleans. Um, in the first leg, uh, I like Olympiad for Bill Mott. Um, horse has been extremely consistent, has competed in, in grade one, one by seven and a quarter last time out at Gulfstream at this distance. But I don't like him any more than I like Miles D or Midcourt or Happy American. <laughs> I can make a case for almost every horse in here. The, the the weakest horses are on the inside, I think. So I, I wound up going with Olympiad, um, but I think midcourt. If you toss it Austin again, when he just yeah, he just had a horrible race, and and John Sheriff has had him off since then, and and I I would imagine he'll be ready for this race, and he's got a bunch of hundred buyers in his background. Miles D had a 103 last time out at Aqueduct at a mile and a eighth. Happy American for Pesson, I can make a case there. Todd Pletcher for Untreated for Saez may wind up being the favorite, ran the Bluegrass last year. Um, I'm going to go deep at the pick four. Very shaky nod here to Bill Mott's Olympiad, building on that 101 buyer last time out. I ended up on the same horse. Uh, ironic when we talk about how deep the race is, we ended up on the same one. But uh, I uh, was really impressed with Olympiad uh, when he – Came back last summer at Saratoga. I thought he had a big run in his first time around two turns. So I think he's shown he can handle that. And, you know, it's, it's only a mile on the 16th. So I think he's the one to beat. That's who I'm taking on top. But I'm going to use Miles D because it's Chad Brown. Obezos, three wins in five trips at the fairgrounds. Uh, I think that horse, he might need to jump up just a little bit, but I think he could be capable of doing that. And then uh, I think Untreated is the next one I have on my list. Uh, it's uh, Pletcher. It's a class test, but, you know, Pletcher's has a, a knack of when they get good picking a, a, the right spot, and it's only a grade three, so it's not a huge jump. So I, I think Untreated in really good form could be dangerous. So I'm going to go with those four when we get to the pick four. The grade three, the fairgrounds, is the 11th race, and the next one in the pick four sequence at the fairgrounds. It's at about a mile and an eighth on the turf for four-year-olds and up. I will would like to go deeper than I will when we get to the pick four in here. I ended up taking the Chad Brown import on top. Kept some classy company in France in group ones and twos and threes uh, at Hamo, I guess is how you pronounce that. Um, and off that co- oh, those company lines, I'm going to guess that uh, if Chad is shipping this horse down to the fairgrounds, not where he's... Uh, normally based, that this one's maybe ready to fire. Uh, Santon really impressed me in the race at Keeneland and then the subsequent race in California for uh, Walsh. And uh, this horse has given away a little experience, but 
Uh, I think he's got a bright uh, he, yeah, he's got a bright future. Uh, Largent is a horse that has uh, certainly had some some runs that would put him right in the mix here. Uh, a couple of them last winter down at the fairground or at uh, Gulfstream for Pletcher. Now you know it was a long break and then uh, back with an effort that wasn't quite to that level. Uh, so we'll see, but that's the the next one I had on my list, and I could certainly go deeper, but I've got to pare down somewhere. So I'm going to focus in on uh, at Hamo and uh, Santon probably in the pick four. How about you? I like those two, um, but I went with two Emmys on the outside for Jimmy Graham. Looking at this race, there there is a lack of speed here, and and a mile and an eighth on the turf, fairgrounds turf plays somewhat to speed down there. Uh, especially if you don't get much rain, uh, and they they haven't had rain as we're recording this on uh, on Thursday, so I, I'm hoping that that it stays dry. Two Emmys, I think, is a controlling speed in here. Uh, a 40 under and Halo again uh, caught him last time out in the Bradley, but he'd been off since October. I think he needed that race, and a mile and a 16th is a little short for him. Um, he only got beat by half a length, and, and you go back, he almost won a Sycamore, got beat by Spooky Channel uh, at Keeneland, and then he won the Mr. D at Arlington Park, which was maybe not as good a grade one last year as it has been in the past, but he won that at 27-1. to 1. So I'm going to go with two Emmys in here, get to the pick four. I'm going to use the horses that you mentioned at Hamo, Largent. Uh, Santon, I think, has the most upside of anybody in the race, and if he is ready off that layoff since November, his first time back. I'm just thinking he may need this, uh, and he'll be better down the road, but he's only raced three times lifetime. So he's a four-year-old, and uh, Brendan Walsh is a great trainer. So I think Santin looks a lot, uh, very alive in here. And 40 under, uh, all the logical contenders. I'm going to go very deep in here, but uh, two Emmys is my win pick. Next, we're going to the grade two, Rachel Alexandra. It's the 12th race on their 13-race card for three-year-old fillies on the road to the Kentucky Oaks at a mile and a 16th. And uh, I thought there were several live ones in here. Where did you land? Landed on Dreamlift uh, coming out of the win at the, on the gold, at the Goldenrod. Uh, she didn't run that well in the Alcibiades. Got beat by five and three quarters. Uh, but came back in the Goldenrod and won at nine to one. Has this is her first time out as a three-year-old, uh, which is true of a couple of these. But um, this race has always been a very live race when it, when you look for Kentucky Oaks winners. A lot of the Oaks winners have come out of the Rachel Alexandra, um, and in, the, in recent years. And I think uh, there's you can make a case for a number of them in here. I think Awake at Midnight with Doug O'Neill, uh, that uh, huge buyer in the Santa Inez. At Santa Anita, at seven furlongs, stretching out to mile sixteenth for the first time, might might not have that in her pedigree, but I think out of Nyquist and Uncle Mo, on Uncle Mo, code I think probably does have the ability to go longer. Hidden connection for Rick Calhoun. Um, they thought enough of her to she was three to one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies last year after winning the Pocahontas by nine. Hung out in the eleven hole, which is no bargain, but she's got two turn experience. And uh, Brett Calhoun and uh, Gutierrez, good connections there. So I'm going to go with those three. I'm, I'm going to leave off LaCrete. Uh, probably is a mistake. Uh, she has been touted, but her, her speed numbers just haven't, haven't caught up with the rest of them. And she may get better. And, and, and the inside with Rosario, I'm kind of dumb to leave her off. But uh, I've got to cut my ticket down somewhere. So I'm going to go with Dreamlift. 
ended up taking Hidden Connection here. You mentioned uh, that uh, she was a buzz horse going into the Breeders' Cup card. She had a little bit of a bad start in that race, and uh, uh, Echo Zulu was not going to get beat that day anyway. Uh, but there are a lot of, of people really high on Hidden Connection uh, going into that race. Um, I think she was sensational in the win over Pocahontas. And guessing that uh, Calhoun, you mentioned the significance of this race as a, as a prep for the Oaks, and I'm guessing that he's going to have her ready to fire, and then maybe she'll show up at the Ashland, Keeneland after that. But uh, I'm going to take Hidden Connection. Uh, Awake at Midnight for O'Neill, I like uh, as well. Dream Lith, you mentioned. Uh, I've got to have that one on the list uh, off the uh, really strong effort on Thanksgiving weekend at Churchill. And then I'm going to take a couple of the locals. I'm going to use LaCrete and also North County that uh, have been uh, have looked good in local preps. The speed figures don't knock your socks off, but uh, they've shown good form over the track. So I'm going to add those two as well. So I'm going to have to pare down uh, in a uh, earlier race because I'm going to go fairly deep in these last two. The uh, Grade 2 Risen Star wraps up the card for three-year-olds on the road to the Derby, the Louisiana Derby, and then the Kentucky Derby at a mile and an eighth. I started to go with Smile Happy in here of uh, those two impressive wins. Uh, you know, that horse to, to win as easily as he did going a mile and the 16th first time out at Keeneland uh, was just stunning. And so I wasn't shocked when he came back and – showed that form was uh, legit when he won the Kentucky Jockey Club. And that's been a key race. Uh, White Barrio, who uh, won recently in the Holy Bull, came out of that race. Um, call it uh, Midnight, I think it is, uh, that uh, uh, won the prep for this, uh, came out of that race. Uh, I think there's another stakes winner that's come out of that race. So it's been a loaded field. But it's the first start off a layoff. I'm going to try Epicenter and get a little better price. Pace, I thought, was a little hot last time, and he still held on and very nearly won. And he's out of a candy ride mare, so I think the stretch out to a mile and an eighth should be uh, one that he can handle. I like the workout pattern. Uh, A a good, solid five furlong work followed by a slow half is kind of a a typical Asmussen pattern for uh, one of his good ones. And I think off that good run over the track, uh, has good speed to maybe control the pace in here. Several of these that uh, I think are the leading contenders are going to be coming from off the pace. So I'm going to try to to upset the favorite with Epicenter. Got to use Smile Happy. Papa Cap, uh, I thought, hung a little bit in the race behind Epicenter, finishing a close third. But still, that was the first start off a little bit of a break, so he could improve. Zandon for Chad Brown. Um, ran well in the uh, Remsen up in New York. Slow down Andy for uh, O'Neill when he ships in. He's dangerous, so he's shipping in uh, for the Philly race and the Colt race with live ones. And then um, if you want to go deeper, you could uh, add the uh, Brad Cox horse, Bodock. Impressive allowance winner. Now, he's got to step up here against horses that have accomplished more, but that was a really nice win off a, off a break for Cox, and I think that one's got a bright future. But those are the ones I like in the Risen Star. How about you? When I handicap this race, it came down to choosing which of the races, the prep races, were stronger. And I can make a case for Epicenter. Uh, I can make a case for Papa Cap. And Call Me Midnight is not running this race and who um, um, won the, the LeCompte. So those three horses were right together at the wire. 
and I went and looked at Smile Happy's race, and Smile Happy won the Kentucky Jockey Club by three and a quarter lengths over Classic Causeway, who has come back to win a great stakes, White Abario, who has come back to win a great stakes, and Call Me Midnight. And there's another horse in there that came back and won. There's four horses out of that race that have come back and won. So the Kentucky Jockey Club is by far the strongest two-year-old prep. And I'm just thinking Smile Happy is the real deal. I, I just, uh, McPeak is certainly wonderful with two-year-olds. Um, got a better record with Phillies, but I, this might be his derby horse. And I, I think Smile Happy is the real deal. And I'm going to stand with Smile Happy as my single here in the pick Ooh. four. Um, that may not be smart, but I, I couldn't find another race to single that to narrow down. And I went back and watched the Kentucky Jockey Club. He could have won it by five. And I, those other horses have, have – I'm a firm believer in – looking at what the horse has run against and whether that flatters his form or not. And you can't get much better than what those other horses have done in that race. Yeah, I think that's a, 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 an interesting and, and bold move, but a solid one because I think, and I'm going to end up going deep when we get to the pick four, but if you, if you don't do what you're doing, then you, I think you have to go deep because there's not a lot of separation for, from several of the others. I agree. I, and I couldn't, I couldn't separate the others that came out of the Lacan. And uh, Zandon coming out of the Remsen. But historically, the Remsen has not been nearly as strong a race as the Kentucky Jockey Club. So I'm taking that into consideration as well. But, yeah, you, you can make a case for all of them. If, if Smile Happy, for some reason, doesn't fire off the layoff, it becomes a wide-open race. Um, so I'm just banking that he's the real deal and he's going to fire and he's going to win the race. So that's what I'm doing. Well, give me what your pick four ticket looks like. Well, I spent a whole lot of money to single the last race because um, <laughs> in the uh, in the tenth, the mine shaft, I had six of them written down, and I'm going to use my rule. I'm going to take them all, and that's eleven horses. And there, there's a couple horses in there that I probably could eliminate, but uh, I really like the race. I think it's wide open, and I think any of them can win it. So I'm going to go all in the tenth. The eleventh race, the fairgrounds, going to go six deep there. I, I couldn't afford to go. I'm, I'm breaking my rule a little bit. I'm taking six out of out of the eleven. Um, but I might, uh, two Emmys is, is, I really like, uh, like him in there and, and I, I may narrow that down some, but I'm going to go six deep here for the ticket I'm giving out two, three, six, seven, ten, eleven with two Emmys being my top pick only going three deep in the racial Alexandra four, nine and 11 dream list, my top pick there. And then singling the eight smile happy in the risen star. So I've got all with two, three, six, seven, ten, eleven. With four nine eleven, with eight, and that is a ninety nine dollar ticket. All right, Jim, uh, my ticket is going to be a hundred dollars. That's more than I usually give out for a ticket, uh, but I do think this one has the potential to really pay well. So uh, I think it's uh, worth taking a little bigger swing. I'm going to go four five eight ten in the mine shaft, the four that I mentioned. I'm just going to use Ed Hamo and Santin. In the fairgrounds, I'm not real confident about just going too deep there, but I couldn't get too crazy with the budget. So three and six in that race, then one, two, four, nine, eleven in the Rachel Alexandra, all the ones I mentioned, and then in the Risen Star, I'm going to go five deep. I'm going to leave off Bodoc, one of the ones I mentioned. I'm going to take one, five, seven, eight, and ten. So that's four by two, by five by five, for a one hundred dollar ticket that I will be looking at on the fairgrounds card on Saturday. Uh, it's a nice card. Uh, I think you've got uh, some stakes races up at Laurel. 
You've got uh, you know, Turfway running, Gulfstream, Tampa. So a lot of opportunities around. There's lots of good hoops action on. So play through Keeneland Select, and uh, you will have your uh, – just make sure your account is funded so you can play the races while you watch the games. Or you can head out to a simulcasting facility like the Red Mile in Lexington. You guys will have a uh, place to keep an eye on the games as well as the races, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Lots of TVs here. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the games on somewhere. Yep. Sounds good. So best of luck wherever you're playing on Saturday, and we'll be back next week for another edition of the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.